Before we start today's episode, a bit of housekeeping for all those wonderful listeners out there. Whichever your podcast listening platform of choice, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, reviews can make a huge difference. So not only do I hugely value your feedback, which can help me create better content, but it also helps others discover the podcast. So if you could leave a review, that would be fabulous. And with that, on with today's show. I'm the Reverend Dr. Jenny McKay, veterinarian and minister in secular employment, environmentalist, activist and self-confessed cat junkie. But believe it or not, I have never been jailed for trying to save humanity, to quote LBC radio presenter James O'Brien. Incredibly, today's guest, Mark Coleman, has. Hello, Mark. Hello. I think there's I think there's only one place to begin um, today's show, really. And it's certainly got plenty of media attention with Gary Lineker, Chris Packham, and as mentioned, James O'Brien condemning the verdict on you. So you are a retired vicar from Rochdale and you were arrested at the Bishopsgate Junction during a peaceful two-hour climate change protest. So for those who haven't been following the story, could you tell me what happened and what specifically you were protesting against? Well, back in October 2021, uh, it was uh, maybe week seven or week eight of the Insulate Britain actions um and uh, we had been sitting on motorways you may remember and then latterly we came into the uh to london itself and sat on some roads there uh so i was one of about 30 plus people who sat across various roads around bishopsgate in the city of london and that led to an arrest but not usually when you sit on a road you get arrested for willful obstruction of the highway abbreviated as woo for short ah. <laughs> um, but here we got charged with the much more serious offense of public nuisance and that led to a crown court trial in january this year uh, with the sentencing a few months later which led me to prison <gasps> but uh, that's that's the short story um, yeah yeah but i don't think you really were being a significant nuisance though well you you're very kind and um <laughs> We certainly agree with you, we weren't, but um, the judge was very keen that the jury only thought about things in a very narrow way. Uh, maybe that's right, not for me to disagree with the judge. Uh, indeed, if we did disagree with the judge and, and speak beyond what he permitted us to say, we would have been charged with contempt of court and gone straight to prison. Uh, so uh, he only wanted to hear about the number of buses on the road and how long the delays were. Uh, we couldn't talk about the more serious disruption of a collapsing climate, economy, floods. That sort of disruption was not relevant, was inadmissible. Uh, and that's what we eventually began to protest about. We, Some of us did manage to get off some of the trials. We were done in about batches of four. Uh, some mm -hmm. there are about two acquittals, two or three acquittals, because the jury could see mm. why people had acted. And I think that's what we hoped would happen with our trial. But it didn't. And I think I read somewhere that you're actually not allowed to use certain words in your defense, like climate change. Or... 
Is that correct? Oh, yes, there was, there was certainly couldn't mention the C word, uh, climate change. <laughs> and uh, we weren't even allowed to talk about some of the um, stories that were quite inspiring, some of those civil rights stories, yes. um, particularly the one about the Freedom Riders, where they'd got black and white people together and got on buses and gone to the deep south and and they'd then been beaten up but yes. gradually their sort of non-violent resistance and sacrifice had led to quite a lot of change in attitudes and eventually political action so that's why we were acting not just to be a nuisance but to be um part of a, a process of change a loving intervention for humanity to to wake us all up yeah and you've certainly set a very very good example but could you tell me about your experiences at Thameside Prison? How how did you get on with the other inmates? And I wonder what they thought about your arrest. Well, the, the, the inmates were very uh, welcoming and helpful. And uh, it, it was not the terrible experience you may imagine it to be. It's not like in the movies. Um, we, we, everybody's suffering the same sort of struggle in prison and so you help each other uh so that was good and i i when i arrived i went into the induction wing and i was on my own for a few days which was probably quite good because it gave me a bit of time to uh de-stress as it were uh and then i shared a cell um with uh somebody who who had a bit more experience than me and he helped me out and he called me um the old man, because he, he he was telling the guards that he had was doing a very important job looking after this old man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I quite like being the old man. Uh, but yeah, it's I mean, prison and getting there is is full of all sort sorts of degrading moments, you know, where you're mm. put in a one of those little cells inside a van, and and, and, and you know, you, you 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 you're processed, and then you're held in a holding room and. Uh, and you, your whole body is x-rayed and you have to put on the prison clothes. But everybody has that. Um, and it is a bit absurd putting us in jail when we're trying to save life. Um, but I made the most of it. And uh, I was grateful for the support and friendship of the prisoners um, who were amused, I think, sometimes mm -hmm. to have a, a, a vicar in prison uh, and uh, gave us plenty of chance to explain why we were there and mm -hmm. you know, the science of it all. So a lot of good people in that environment to speak to, I guess. Oh, yes. Lots of good people. <laughs> and, and the prison staff, the yes. uh, who, who who seemed very young to me. But I think that's the nature of <laughs> when when you're 64, everybody looks younger. <laughs> and that was your nickname, wasn't it? The old man. Well, I, I think this is becoming a bit of an urban <laughs> myth now, I, but uh, it, Maybe it makes for good, a good interview <laughs> catch line. <laughs> and you were in for, was it just under five weeks? Well, the sentence was for five weeks. Um, I was supposed to stay in two and a half, two and a half in the prison and then two and a half out on license. Um, but in fact, I was let out just over two weeks after serving just over two weeks. So uh, okay. that's because um, they didn't want to keep me in over the weekend and have to pay compensation if I stayed too long uh, so it was a, it was a short sentence um, and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, an experience certainly I bet I bet <laughs> and one that well 
might might they repeat it? Well, it, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you tell you a bit more about prison. Um, I mean, it's a bureaucracy, really. People, the prisoners help each other. Uh, the wardens do their best, but sometimes they. Well, they they probably got their hands full. So, you know, you've got to keep being assertive and sometimes you may not feel assertive. Uh, I had an experience of prison last year on remand just for a week and my medications got all messed up. So I didn't have my Parkinson's meds for about 36 hours. So I knew to be much more assertive this time and that all went fine. Um, the there's supposed to be an in in cell computer where you can find out you can book yourself on all sorts of beneficial courses but the trouble is they they didn't work everything was broken uh so i didn't quite know i never had an induction but i, I used other people's kindness to help me through the mysteries of prison life um did you did you meet the chaplain there i did yes i did um i couldn't take my bible in and i i was pretty much prepared for that because they worry about drugs getting into prison in any way so that you you really are stripped of everything mm -hmm. you uh come in with uh and books are uh, such a thing um but very quickly the next day i got a, a brand new bible from the catholic chaplain um nice. and it was very nice too so Good. i was very very grateful and then a, about a, after about a week i managed to get some other books to okay. read uh, which was a treat oh i bet it was i bet it was and of course you don't have any access to media to your social media no absolutely not no. but of course that's that's a health benefit mm -hmm. to have a a little bit of a, <laughs> well... <laughs> a detox um no well, there well there is there is a sort of benefit there in prison. There is a, a bit of a reflective space. Uh, but of course, you're losing a lot of things as well. You you lose the freedom as to when you walk. Yes. And most importantly, you, you only get a little time out yourself. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was once you've managed to make your phone call to a loved one, mm -hmm. uh, uh, that takes about, well, it took me about five days before I could properly have a one-to-one right. -one conversation. Right. Uh, but they knew where I was, so. Yes. They weren't worried. And you were safe. And you I were was... going to be coming out. That's right. So I know you've been heavily involved um, with a number of important humanitarian causes. Um, as you've said, Just Stop Oil, but also including Christian Climate Action and Insulate Britain. There have been a lot of protests going on as well at the moment in general people protesting about the, the perceived cruelty at the Grand National and also mm. anti-monarchy at the King's coronation. And I get the feeling, but I don't know if you do, that there's this negative portrayal, really, of demonstrations that are not violent. And I often wonder why is this outrage not being directed at the actual root cause of the issues? Do you Do you feel like that as well? Yes, I you, I can do, but um, I think for me there's something about um, doing what needs to be done, um, and in a way, the I think the social science of it is is if you cause a disruption and if people start talking about an issue, even if the the press owned by very rich people largely 
is is not giving you a good press and has its interest in fossil fuels protected but you know eventually something gets through and um for example the daily mail is often not the kindest paper and has yeah. actually i think it was the sun that called me an eco idiot um but uh, they often still report what people have said and i think eventually uh the, the people hear what what's going on at least i hope that's the case um and so we are in the middle of social change um i i'd prefer to use the word civil resistance i'm i'm resisting uh what is destroying life i'm resisting um the economy the new fossil specifically new new oil and gas and coal uh projects uh, that that causes more death more heating more destruction mm -hmm. um it's not like i'm standing with a little placard saying no, don't do no. it it's it this is this is life or death this is yeah you know it, it's not an, an opinion it's uh what every human is born to do is to stand up for the dignity of life and care for their children and as yet unborn grandchildren and so absolutely. on absolutely um or, or their is... beloved pet, you know, it, it's yeah. well, whatever it's... lives and you love and, and keeps your world going is, is precious. I think it's it's a very consumerist world, isn't it? And, you know, even talking to France, we know there's climate change. And yeah, nobody seems to want to actively do anything to stop that. They're still going off on planes for the holidays and buying like crazy it's yes. going to be a whole mind switch that people have you're right you're right i think my advice from experience is um don't worry about other people what they think but let's act with our own integrity to to resist or to stand up for you know and let's join with others because we can't do this on our own it gets too depressing when you're the only person who seems to be asking why on earth are we all flying around the world on another cruise fly holiday um but let's stand together let's resist and let's find the joy really of standing up for life it's it's and that that feeds you rather than drives you into despair because it's too easy to sink into a despair and and something has got to be done, doesn't it? I guess the driver for you and others is we, we can't sit back and do nothing. We have to know that we are doing something. We we do. And I I I people really I'm sure everybody wants to face the issue. And 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 of course it's it's hard to get round to that point. There are lots of ways to deny it, not say I don't believe it's all a hoax, so some still do that um but to uh, be distracted with the busyness of work or you know i'm going to um plant some flowers in my garden that makes me feel better but it's not really it's a good thing to do but it's not going to uh stop yeah. the uh, the big structural issues that need to be faced um but gather with others act in love courageously in a, in a group like just stop oil or insulate britain um uh, or, or or start one yourselves vets vets against um destruction <laughs> uh and uh and then feel the the, the power really and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it 
it, it began for me a bit going back a bit about um how i got into this I, I when i was in my first parish in liverpool um i'd worked in the voluntary sector but then my first parish but you know proper parish on my own where they trusted me with the church uh was in norris green which is a big area of housing estates okay. um and uh the church called st christopher's was surrounded by security fencing rather ugly fencing and it looked like fort knox it was ugly and grim um, and the previous vicar had had terrible trouble with kids jumping on the roof of the church and so on and tried to stop that um and at the same time it was the time of five a day you know eat your five a day oh, vegetables yes. and fruit and vegetables <laughs> and um there was this idea that uh, a local poet came to me and said why don't we grow vegetables on the on the estate um, where they've knocked down the houses okay. well, we pretty soon realized they would have all got trashed by uh, the kids the antisocial <laughs> lads and lasses uh so we we used some of the church grounds to plant raised beds and polytunnels oh, okay. and oh, uh, and then we started a church cafe called the chatty church cafe and we made soup out of the the carrots though they were very small okay. um and uh so that was great fun and i think that along with the bishop who had been on a sabbatical and was reflecting on the environment and jesus had written a book bishop james jones jesus oh, yes. and the earth uh so that helped me think uh about my faith in contact in context with the changing climate and what it meant for me to be a Christian and a priest at this time in history mm -hmm. uh, but it, it still took me some time to work it all out and to step into that road in London in 2021 yes yes, yes I bet oh what what a, what a great beginning though yeah it feels like a privilege it I think we are privileged in in the West because although the laws are getting a bit stricter, um, we still have uh, freedom to protest and uh, we have a civil society that, that works. So um, it's just a matter of finding some friends to do it with. And uh, yes, yes, and it's definitely it's on it's on the news. I mean, virtually every day there is something about the climate which I think is absolutely wonderful you know well it's not good but you know we're hearing about all these heat waves and terrible weather and I think people are realizing you know you can't just bury your head in the sand anymore about this it's happening you're, everywhere you're absolutely it is happening and we create our own hope you know who was the saint who said uh, God has no hands on earth but yours no feet but you know it, it's that we are it's terrifying. I wish it. Wish we didn't have to do this, and we could just. Um, no. I could dream of uh, sit in my potting shed all day long, but. <laughs> and we can say we can say things in our own own small way because I know people have been saying to me from work, "Oh, this weather's absolutely wonderful, isn't it?" And I always say it is, but it isn't right for this yeah. time of the year to have such high temperatures. It's not. I know. It's scary. My wife's Australian and uh, her hometown, um, they've had bushfires a few years ago, but recently oh. it's been flooded endlessly, which is unheard of. Yes. Um, so we've all had this weird weather. Um, and what do you think about other countries and how they treat these peaceful process protesters? Is there anything we can learn from other countries in the UK? 
Well, I think we're learning some bad things, perhaps. Um, the most recent bill, there was a public order bill and there was something before it. We're getting now to be a bit more like some countries which have poor human rights. Um, so that's quite worrying. Um, I think the media is key. Um, and let me talk a bit about the, um, sorry, when, when I was on trial, um, there was quite a lot of talk about the right of a jury to, um, to follow its conscience. This is a uh, well-established right. And um, so that freedom to follow your conscience is important. Um, I told you earlier the uh, the offence was the willful obstruction of the highway. It's known as the public highway. And indeed, everybody has a right to protest on the highway. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the new legislation is sort of squeezing out these rights and uh, framing all the protesters as something uh, something bad in itself. Um, I think people know that's not true, um, but we've we've got to. Some people are very keen to protect the, our laws and our rights. Uh, there's a new group called Lawyers Are Responsible, uh, which has been really encouraging. A group of lawyers, and they've been signing a letter. You can find it on on the internet, um, and uh, they have are undertaking not to take uh, work for from fossil fuel companies establishing new oil and gas okay. contracts. Uh, and also to not protest the climate protesters because it's costing the state, costing your listeners a fortune mm -hmm. uh, to to take me and others through courts into mm -hmm. prison mm -hmm. and and to probably de delay other people getting justice. Um, so it's yes. it's a, a misuse, I think, of the law. I studied law; it's not uh, widely known, know no. uh, and I escaped from the law to become a vicar. Much better career, but I still. Fancy myself as a bit of an amateur lawyer, I think. <laughs> Was there a particular area you were interested in, in the law? I don't think there is anything that would captivate me in the law, but um, okay. I, I do. I think we all have to become amateur mm. lawyers uh, in this game. And so I'm now becoming an expert on injunctions. Right. Okay. <laughs> so it's not not just the criminal law, but the the civil law is yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. chasing us. And yes, uh, as I speak to you behind me, there are shelves full of stacks and stacks of paper from various government agencies. Uh, so yes, you need to get get on top of that as well, don't you? <laughs> so you have been in prison, and you you've still vowed to continue protesting despite the the charges brought against you. Um, but what do you think is the next step in the fight against climate change crisis? What do you think it's going to take before it becomes an agenda that the government and the average person on the street will take seriously? I think it's all about us. It's it's really about us individuals and what we do. Um, we can't leave it to anyone else. Um, and... I don't know about you, but friends often sort of talk about the policy of this party or that party, and uh, there seems to be a bit of a change there. And, and there's been this article in the paper, and isn't that good? And uh, today, uh, Lord, is he Debden, the um, chair of the Climate Change Committee, 
John Gummer that that was has come out and said uh, that uh, of course the government shouldn't be investing in new oil and gas projects. Um, but what, whatever the good news is, I don't think it gets any of us off the hook. It it it's yeah. it just needs lots of us to act. And although uh, retired vicars are a very special and wonderful breed of human being, please don't leave it to people like me. You know, it needs all <laughs> ages, all sorts, uh, to 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 lovingly disrupt our business as usual that is taking us. Uh, down the slippery slope which is getting ever more slippery so but we can stop we can human beings can do wonderful things uh, I, I mean in, in horrible situations like in the second world war uh, deciding not to build cars but to build tanks although tanks are horrible things but you know we can you can defend yes. yourself against big threats yes um, so human beings are capable of great things uh, and it feels to me like we're trapped in like idolatry to use that religious idea you know we're mm -hmm. we're obsessed we're bewitched by fossil fuels and and uh, the economy as it is but new economies are available other ways of living are certainly there and uh, could be better in all sorts of ways yeah we have to have to keep trying and hope don't we we do So just shifting slightly, I know you've also done work with Age Concern, and that was in the 1980s. And I think that probably shaped your view about the way in which the government is feeling the most vulnerable people in society. That was way back in the 1980s. Um, yes. But it's still an issue, isn't it? Very it much. is an issue, yes. So when I came across Insulate Britain with this focus on uh, the practical step of insulating housing, all social housing to be well insulated, uh, because that would be uh, a most efficient way of cutting carbon emissions dramatically. If you think about it, people in poor people and older people living in poor quality housing, particularly in the private sector, uh, paying a lot for their fuel. And then the, the heat is gushing out the roofs and the windows and, and you know, they're they're in debt because of it all. So that's just nonsense. Good for the profits of the, the companies, but not good for people. Um, and so when I realized that thousands of people were still dying each year from this, around 8,000 we reckoned in that year, um, and then lots of others in debt and, and getting other health-related problems, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's both a social and a climate no-brainer. It's you've just got to act, but but still, we we don't do it. It's it's unthinkable. Why why would one not do it? Yeah. Um, and I think it's John Bird is the editor of the Big Issue, and mm, he mentions that a lot. Poverty, yes. trying to cure poverty in society will just have so many benefits across so many areas, and of course, That's climate true. change affects affects the most vulnerable. As you said, not only in this country, but in other countries further afield, um, with floods, etc. Well, we can't have policies that make people poor. We certainly should not have policies that make people sick or die. And we cannot have policies that um, push us over those tipping points, you know, push us down the slippery slope. So it becomes the ball is running away and, and you can't stop it. Uh, and we have the knowledge and we have the power. 
why why would the government have murderous policies like that because that's what they are if you're doing something that you know causes harm that degree of harm it's it yeah that the government should be in the court not me well <laughs> yes yes I, I i've heard that said you know some some people who are <laughs> murderers um versus those who know they are doing willful wrong and who should know better and are well educated and you know well but yeah that's another huge topic <laughs> it is um, uh, why is a mystery but but yes it is it is unthinkable and un, un, unimaginable but yeah. and yet it's happening yeah uh, you have to pinch yourself but it's true <laughs> so what about your your journey into priesthood so you, you started off as a lawyer, which which I didn't know, but what made you change paths? I think when I was, I started the law degree, but I, I think I knew pretty early on it wasn't for me. Um, I didn't come from a particularly religious family. There, there was church around. My mum was more spiritual, I think, than my mm -hmm. dad. And she had quite a nature-loving spirituality. Um okay which I think I imbibed a bit of. Um, and uh, I think it was just seeing, I, I guess I had the Christian stories and it was the church was there, but there were, there were just moments when it became quite life enhancing and right. life changing. And I, I think it's like a storehouse of great spiritual practices and great stories and great words um and yeah I, I just can't shake it off so I, I my career started in age concern and uh, then other voluntary organizations but i couldn't quite get rid of the idea of jesus and somehow um mm. wanting to be part of that i the, ch the church is a terribly frustrating place at times as you may know <laughs> <laughs> well that's why i'm eternally grateful that i'm still in secular employment now well good it's for you it's a beast of an organization sometimes it, it, it can be yes but uh <laughs> but still you know it, it's it's given me the space to explore what jesus means and what yes. stories are relevant today and and it, it gives me a i'm forever grateful for what for the power and peace that comes from it and there's a breadth of difference across across the church of england as well isn't yes it, it is a, a wonderful variegated uh thing <laughs> <laughs> so i know that uh if we just come back to your your time in prison again because you wrote this beautiful article for christian climate change action about your experience and your faith i'm sure was very very important to you at, at that challenging time it was really yes i i felt I mean, going back before prison and before the trial, I, I was, you know, I, I'm frightened like anybody and thinking I can't do this uh, and full of doubt and full of hesitation, you know, and, and uh, so that that's how I've been so much of the time. And then I get together with other people who uh, understand what's going on. And then you've got the lovely Christians and Christian Climate Action and, and that community. Um, so strength has come from that. And then as you act and pray and reflect and mm -hmm. it, it felt so right it felt like i just had to if i went 
backwards thinking, well, I have to look after yourself, Mark, look after number one. <laughs> and then I just felt miserable. Um, yeah. So to act while, while you're still alive is a great gift. So um, that was that. But in prison, um, I never felt at risk. I always felt safe. I always felt cared for, um, both spiritually and, and humanly as well, really. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was the privilege of being able to talk to other people in all sorts of terrifying situations and listen to them. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, God never quite abandoned me. Um, hasn't yet. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he won't. So you do so, so many things. Um, you are retired, but you are so wrapped up in, in these humanitarian causes do you have any spare time to do anything different and just it, chill? I, uh, it does rather take over. Um, mm. But I, 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 I get weary like anyone else and I, I need to rest. And I'm going on a retreat next week at, oh, nice. uh, to a monastery for four days. So that's a, that's nice. Um, I like to read. I like to eat and talk to friends and uh so simple pleasures i went for a long walk yesterday with a much fitter retired <laughs> vicar than me uh, and he took me for miles that was good and oh, excellent. Uh, so uh, you, you you folk who are working like you jenny you know you're but once you retired <laughs> there's a bit of space to uh... oh yes yes there will be definitely plenty of things to do i do i do like um well I would like to do more in the environmental side of things. Um, obviously, I'm on social media and I put up posts about it. Um, well, I think it's fantastic it. what you're doing. I, I really do. Well, I, there's, there's so often doctors uh, and GPs in in various actions. You know, we I saw a picture today. Uh, if only we could get the vets together, you could lead the vets and. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, there are there are certainly more um, vets involved in green initiatives and looking at the ways that their practices work, um, and encouraging people, you know, to use better um, chemicals. Yes. safety as well. Well, absolutely. Uh, I mean, do you remember when there was the Australian bushfires? Oh, three? yes. And, uh, the, the number of animals that they reckoned had died was yeah, unthinkable. Phenomenal. I know. Um, Horrible. So I think our perception is is slowly opening up as 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 people, you know, into the suffering isn't climate is not an abstract thing. This is about the life we are part of. You know, this sacred, beautiful world. This yes, and more and more big big charities and organisations coming together. Yes, that, that will be the way to, to help it will. move people. But every, every one of your listeners is, is important in this. We all are. And uh, don't despair. You don't no. have to go to prison, but there are <laughs> other things you can do. <laughs> well, that is very, very inspiring. Um, I was going to say to you what's next. Um, you may not be allowed to reveal that, but... Uh... <laughs> well... I've got a probation officer who came to visit me today uh, to, to check I did live where I said I live. Um, and I, I've told her and I've told the judge I will protest again, but um, I haven't said when or where. Um, so and I don't think I know yet. Um, but uh, there are lots of ways to for us to resist this 
um, craziness and uh, lots of ways to do it without getting arrested. Uh, so be encouraged and find out more. Um, Absolutely. Well, that is very, very encouraging to me and I'm sure all of our listeners as well. Um, so I always say at the end of these that, you know, I've never been to prison, but maybe I should try it. Um, I don't know if I'm going to say that today, but maybe at some point in the future. Well, I must tell you one other thing. I, I had so many cards in prison, letters and cards and emails. It's been absolutely overpowering. Mm -hmm. um, so there's a lot of joy and, and Lots laughter. Lots of people. Thinking Lots of, of love. you and praying yeah. for you. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Well, I personally think you're doing a marvellous job um, and you're an inspiration. And I wish you all the very best for the future. And I know what you're doing is definitely going to have an impact on the future. And those of us listening need to be brave and think of ways that we can get involved in this as well. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you, Jenny.